This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode number 81, entitled Paul's Theology on the Relationship Between Jesus and the Spirit, Part 2. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith. As always, I am your host. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, thank you so much for supporting us. And if you are a first-time listener, welcome. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. We are in the midst of our ongoing study that seeks to better understand the Holy Spirit in its relationship to Jesus Christ, with our particular focus as of late being the theology of the Apostle Paul. Thus far, we have observed that Paul understands the activity of the risen Jesus as an overlapping influence with the Holy Spirit, to the point where, on occasion, the Spirit is portrayed as the, quote, Spirit of Jesus, end quote. We also noted that within Paul's theology, it is none other than God the Father who functions as the giver of the Spirit to believers. For Paul, Jesus doesn't give the Spirit. It is the Father that gives the Spirit to believers. Moreover, Paul understands the Spirit along the same lines as that which was portrayed in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament, namely, The Holy Spirit acts as the powerful presence of God within the lives of his people. Today, however, I want to look at how Paul links the Spirit with Jesus in light of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. What can be learned about Paul's theology of both Jesus and the Spirit by zeroing in on texts dealing with the resurrection? Can anything be gained by looking at the Spirit's involvement in the future resurrection of the dead and its parallels to Jesus' resurrection? These will be the questions that occupy this episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Before we get started, I want to admit that quite often Paul is not clear as readers would like for him to be, leading to disagreement on how best to interpret him. So I'm going to tread very carefully as to how I navigate through the Sea of Pauline text. I also want to give credit to the writings of James Dunn for much of the motivation of the thoughts presented in this particular episode. Let's begin. Our first point today is that Paul connects Jesus and the Spirit in light of the resurrection. I want to begin by looking at the first four verses of the book of Romans, where Paul seems to concentrate much of his theology into a few jam-packed verses. Starting in Romans 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, 
who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We actually can get a lot out of this passage, but the first thing that stands out to me is that there is a deliberate link made by Paul between Jesus, having been raised from the dead, and the spirit of holiness. It says that Jesus was declared Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, or what we might call the Holy Spirit. This is not a casual comment that Paul is making in passing. It is spoken of in the midst of his description of his gospel and in the introduction of his massive letter to the Romans. Paul's linking of Jesus and the Spirit in light of Jesus' resurrection can be glimpsed in other passages within the Pauline corpus, especially in light of the fact that Jesus' resurrection is the first of many more that are to come. It goes to show that investigating these later resurrection texts, dealing with the general resurrection, that is to come about like Jesus' earlier resurrection, we can actually learn more about how Paul understands the role and the function of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at some of those texts. Our second point today is that for Paul, the resurrection of Jesus was the prototype of the future resurrection of Christians to be brought about by the Holy Spirit. This is mentioned in a variety of passages, but I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 15. In verse 20, Paul says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits, of those who are asleep. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. What we can see from Paul is that he says that there is a group of dead persons, and it is regularly translated as the dead, but it is actually plural in Greek. It is the dead persons, the dead people. Jesus, as we see here, was the first person to be raised to immortality from among these dead persons. So Jesus is the first fruits of those who are asleep. But there's an entire group who are still to be raised in the future when Jesus returns. What is important here is that Paul connects the resurrection of Jesus, which involved the Holy Spirit, as we've already seen in Romans chapter 1, with the general resurrection of the dead in the future. In other words, just to be clear, both Jesus' resurrection and the future general resurrection should tell us something about how the Holy Spirit is involved. Let's continue on in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read verses 42 through 45. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a soulish body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, 
and there's also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. That's 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 through 45. It's important to know that Paul describes the two different bodies that are involved in the plans and purposes of God. We have the initial body that is energized by soul, and that's why I translated it as a soulish body. Not necessarily a natural body, but it's a soulish body because it's energized by the soul. And then we have the resurrected imperishable body, which is a spiritual body, but that is a body that is energized by spirit. It's not spiritual in the sense that it's like a ghost or a vapor or that it's immaterial. It's very much a part of God's creation. It's very much a material body. But sometimes not understanding the difference between the two bodies makes the definition of a spiritual body something that doesn't make much sense. So we have two bodies. We have a soulish body the original body given to human beings, and we have a spiritual body, a body that is energized by God's Holy Spirit. Paul also mentions that the body is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. I'm very interested in these two words, weakness and power. And I want us to remember these two contrasting words for later because Paul's going to reuse them in 2 Corinthians in a very important passage. What's important to note is that when Paul is describing the future resurrection of the dead, he describes the contrast between the new bodies that the dead are to receive as a body that is sown in power, in contrast to their original body that was sown in weakness. Weakness and power. Put those two words on the back burner. Again, in 1 Corinthians 15.45, we can see that the resurrected Jesus is described in terms of the Spirit. It says the last Adam, which is Jesus, and then it describes him as a life-giving Spirit. We don't have time to unpack what this passage means, but it's interesting to see that the Spirit is associated with the resurrected Jesus in some capacity. Let's move on to Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse 11. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Romans 8 and verse 11. This is a very clear and illuminating passage. We have the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. The him there in reference is the father. The father is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. And so the spirit of God or the spirit of father is the manner in which the father woke Jesus up from the dead. And it says that the other believers are going to also be given life to their mortal bodies through the very same Spirit. God's Spirit, in other words, raised Jesus from the dead, and that very same Spirit will give life to the mortal bodies of believers, which is another clear connection between the Holy Spirit's involvement in the resurrection of both Jesus and 
those who are dead. Let's move on to our third point. Point number three, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is regarded by the Apostle Paul as God's power. Let's look at a couple passages that make this point. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, let's look in verse 14. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 14. We can see here that God's power is the manner in which God is going to raise us up. And Paul describes it as kind of the natural parallel to the way in which God raised up the Lord Jesus. God's power is not something different from the activity of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God's power in action. But it is interesting that the Spirit, for Paul, can be almost casually described at times as God's power. God raised Jesus with his powerful Holy Spirit, and he will also raise us up through the very same powerful Holy Spirit. But it's interesting that the Spirit here is described as God's power. We can see this also in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to look in verse 4. For indeed, he was crucified because of weakness, yet he lives because of the power of God. For we also are weak in him, yet we will live with him because of the power of God directed toward you. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Here we have that contrast of weakness and power, and it is used to describe Jesus. Again, it says that he, Jesus, was crucified because of weakness, yet he lives because of the power of God. We saw earlier, remember, in 1 Corinthians 15.42, that the future body of Christians is sown in power, but the original body, the soulish body, is sown in weakness. Here, the very same is used of Jesus Christ. Again, making a parallel to the death and resurrection of Jesus and the manner in which Jesus is raised from the dead to the resurrection of the future believers, which will also be used with the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of God that will raise the dead, and that very same power is what raised Jesus from the dead. Of course, we can point back to our very first passage in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4, which says that Jesus was declared Son of God with power at his resurrection according to the Holy Spirit. So it's pretty clear that for Paul, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. In conclusion, we have observed that the Apostle Paul seems to place an emphasis on the resurrection of Jesus and the activity of the Holy Spirit. First, we noted that the resurrection validates Jesus' role as the Son of God and Lord. But the manner in which Jesus was raised was due to the power of God's Holy Spirit, or as Romans calls it, the Spirit of Holiness. Second, we saw that Jesus was first 
to be resurrected out from among the future general resurrection of the dead. Therefore, the manner in which Jesus was raised with the Holy Spirit is the same as the manner in which the dead will one day be raised. Third, we observed that Paul could casually describe both Jesus and the future general resurrection as coming to fruition in light of the power of God, which seems to be just another synonym for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within the theology of Paul seems to become associated with Jesus in light of his resurrection and exaltation to lordship. But this spirit appears to act as God's extended power, giving life to the dead. Paul gives no reason to believe that he regarded the Holy Spirit as a conscious person alongside the Father and the Son. Instead, Paul describes the Holy Spirit as the power of God that gives life to mortal bodies. If you would like to support the podcast, please check out this episode's description for a link to donate. Thank you so much for listening to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Again, my name is Dustin Smith. Hopefully this has been encouraging and enjoying to you. Until next time, you folks take care.